Hello, Bailey here. In this live stream, Frank and Andy recap reInvent, the big AWS conference in Las Vegas. They both take a look at the AWS ecosystem from their heavily Azure-centric perspective. However, in the end, data science is based on maths. And maths is the ultimate platform agnostic platform. Wow. Say that 10 times fast. Now here are Frank and Andy. All right. Hello. And as you can tell, I am back in the studio. I am finally home from reInvent. Actually, I've been home now 48 hours, um, something like that. And today is the promised uh, after um, after I had time to kind of think about it. We did our Andy and I did our hot take of reInvent. Uh, so I had some time to think about it. And I'm going to play some fancy thing I rendered last night. So I like got, it. Got the good music today. You know, you need a little bit of that Monday motivation for the music. You know, that's true. It is. Is it Monday? I it feels it like is. it's Wednesday already. Yeah, it. it <laughs> I'm still. I'm still a little jet lagged. I can go to sleep. Last yeah, night, one or two in the morning. <laughs> there was. That's uh, hard. It's been a wild weekend. Uh, Roberta sprained her ankle. Um, the oh, no. uh, the foster dog who's not a foster dog anymore, you know, has uh, had to have surgery because she needed stitches. She uh, oh, so no. it's been, <laughs> it was it was kind of a you know throw back into the fire. On yeah. the plus side, though, uh, we did get some uh, Christmas lights hung on the on the roof, so that was cool. Um, first Excellent. Christmas at the new house. So, That's uh, important. how about you? Uh, same old, same old. You know, we've been. Uh, working on projects here around the house. I've got some uh, interesting work that I've been doing for a client and then some other interesting work I'm doing that I hope to debut at SQL Bits. I'm doing a training day at SQL Bits in Wales in March. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. It's, it's so excited uh, about that. It's good yeah. that we're getting back out there, you know. Like, well, it, yeah. You know, I mean, I... I would, I'd say my past experience, it, it was nothing, past was awesome, the, mm -hmm. the bit of it that I attended, but I realized I got there on like Saturday and I had a pre-con on Monday, which was great to, to be able to do that. And, um, and it's funny how these pre-cons work, Frank, you know this, cause you and I talk all the time and like, I consistently apply, you know, to them. Although usually if I'm picked, I won't apply the next year, you know, give somebody else a chance, but pretty consistently, uh, you know, right. submit and it's, and I get picked like every third or fourth or fifth year. And of course now it's coinciding. So it looks like Andy's doing pre-cons everywhere and it's like, yeah, but not last or the year before. Or, you know, anyway, so I'm it's excited. Still good though. I've seen you present. You, You're, I would, I would go to your, one of your pre-cons for sure. Well, thanks, Frank. I appreciate that. I still don't get it, but I tell people, you know, I've been trapped in here with me for almost 60 years now, and I'm just not that impressed. So, but it That's is funny. a lot of fun. The, um, the ADF pre-con that I'm doing in, um, it is, is similar. So I had one I did for years and I really beefed it up for the past summit and I'm working on a new piece yet still for sequel, but I always like to bring something out, something new and shiny out, um, uh, for it and i'll just i'll tease it ah there we go 
you sent me this from Vegas, right? I did. Yeah, I saw this. It's so cool. I was like, so this is this was at the uh, the Tropicana where I ended up staying. That's funny. Um, which the Tropicana was, uh, and it's a good hotel, but um, I, any minute now, like when I was walking around there, like I just expected either uh, Hunter Thompson to like walk by <laughs> with the the cigarette holder and the hat, and uh, or right, Frank right. Sinatra and like. Sammy Davis Jr. and uh, D. Martin like walk by because it was very much, like, it was yeah. very it was very not renovated in a while. Um, you sent me so a picture was... of the lobby when you got there, and it was awesome. I thought it was great. I thought you were home, Frank. That's what that was the first thought I thought that shot through my Frank is home because yeah. it was very Atlantic City. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I mean it just no, it just had that vibe about it. I mean, you know, you've got you're a unique collection of qualities, and it true. just and I know you like you're a Hunter Thompson fan. I don't mean it negative; it's all good. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, and, you know, no, I, I know you Hunter Thompson I, and all of that. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It was uh, you know, good. I hadn't been in Vegas now in like three years. Yeah. You know, like it, yeah. You know, you can't, and um, you can't avoid it, right? Like, so, so, I mean, right. I mean, it, it was, it was interesting. Me, uh, I gotta turn off my desktop. Screen. I noticed that this laptop either needs a cave because I'm having audio driver issues, and yeah. um, that we, we were troubleshooting that before the stream, and um, I've noticed like sometimes this the stream will skip and you know. It's not an old laptop, so it should be able to yeah. to handle it. But for some reason, not so much. It's weird. So I did have a I did have a couple of like takeaways from um, uh, from reinvent there. From reinvent, sorry, I totally need coffee. Like it's just like um, <laughs> one. I'm impressed with the size and scale and the logistics of being able to do something at this size. Um, I mean, it yeah. was. Um, the Microsoft ecosystem, you and I kind of grew up in the Microsoft ecosystem. So this was all kind of new territory right, right. for me. And um, one, this okay. was the 10th year of reInvent, right? So this is no longer a new conference. Now, I know they have right. Mars, and like, there's another one they have that's still, they kind of do and kind of not do. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it yeah. seems like Amazon's philosophy is everything all at once, like one big event. And nice. um, at one level you have to wonder like the logistics behind that must be just absolutely insane. Why do that? But I also think that the opportunities for cross pollination, cross pollination, not pollination. I know what you mean. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Next note to self load up on coffee before the live stream, but not too much coffee because then it's like, then it's a little too Hunter Thompson, I suppose. Um, (laughs) And um, so it was interesting. So what was cool was that like, you could go to events that were partner focused. You can go to parts that were developer focused and that. Yeah, yeah. Part, and parts that, you know, uh, sessions that were um, like IT ops uh, centric. It was, I, I kind of like that. Like, and it was, um, you know, every hotel, obviously Vegas has its own. Uh, I think this was spread across four or five different hotels. Uh, the Venetian was kind of the central part. 
I only made it to like three hotels where stuff was. So I spoke at Mandalay Bay. I was at the Mandalay Bay. Um, I went to Caesars the last day, which is where I had my big aha moment, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, And um, MGM. Okay. So, um, which is the funny because the last time I was in Vegas, uh, we were at something called Digital Transfer Digital Transformation Academy, which was a brainchild of um, someone who's a very senior exec, uh, who's known for owning boats. <laughs> um, <laughs> empathy, leather jackets, and giving a lot of money to sociology professors. Mm. Um, which there are people who are watching this like, oh, I know who he means. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's most other people like, what is he talking about? Right. Um, so it was it was cool. Like um, I, I only attended. So so this time since since the pandemic, I've gotten so used to watching these sessions and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, at one and a half speed, right? Like the recorded or, or something like sure, that. So sure, sure. I really prioritize going to workshops this time. Okay. So uh, I went to um, I went to two workshops that were really good. Uh, one was the um, it was uh, basically how to use SageMaker to which is their um, their instance of, of Jupyter Notebooks, basically their okay. data science tool. How to use SageMaker to take open data uh of like uh satellite imagery uh and detect deforestation and hmm. detect deforestation over time that was really cool um i learned a lot about SageMaker. uh and i also learned about you know how satellite imagery you know some of the terms there and some of the you know what the raw data looks like and yeah turns out the raw data off the satellite is not really usable in a lot of ways so you kind of have hmm. to do all this you know if you want to for instance if you want to detect vegetation you had a you know, you take, you know, pictures taken in this data from there, you overlay it, and then you kind of subtract and you can kind of create a really cool visualization on it. Yeah, it was really, it was really interesting. interesting. I hadn't, yeah. hadn't really worked much with satellite. Uh, stuff. And here, I just if thought I, it was pictures. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, there are, there are like, you know, I, for lack of a better term, I'll call it RGB. Mm. RGB photos from space, but you know, if you really want to detect just deforestation, um, I, and I'm totally forgetting which exact band it was, but I think near infrared uh, mm. vegetation tends to reflect, and even then, there's different types of vegetation, sure. canopy levels, and things like that. I was reading through the, the the notes, and I was like, "Wow, this is this is a rabbit hole. Like you can easily get down on this and and just get lost." But um, nice. Uh, depending on the so what they'll do is when they when they when the satellite is up there they'll run they'll take pictures in different spectrums right so depending on the spectrum and what you're looking for you can do that yeah. uh, and these these are just like open source stuff i can imagine that if you had a really high you know multi-trillion dollar budget you can probably do some interesting things uh, with that as well yeah. but it was cool to kind of you know work with that data and stuff like that and what was really interesting was at the end um um there was a um you were able to basically push up and create a, a web-based app nice uh, with uh what is the name of the product this is one critique i do have with with aws right is that the the product names I don't know if they're cute, meant to be cutesy, but it is hard to remember them. I think it was AWS Lightsail, or 
there's a lot of these these product names, right? So it's yeah. not like you know people make fun of Microsoft all the time, right, for their product names. You know, you know, enterprise this, you know, Service Pack Four, all that. Right, but right. when you hear, at, I'll mention something you're you're an expert in ADF, right? Azure Data Factory it says what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, like, you know, you know, it's. I guess if you're in it a lot and you do it a lot, like you know what it's called. But yeah. it does kind of get this. But anyway, there's this one tool where basically you had a JavaScript file, and it would basically do all the underlying infrastructure. It was basically it was it, that was really the kind of the the piece of resistance of it. Um, and, that and another, cool. it was really cool. It was really cool. It was a good chance to kind of get dirty with AWS, you know, get hands on and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. The other um, talk, a workshop I really enjoyed was um, the Deep Racer, and this is this is a well named one hmm. because it's uh, basically used deep reinforcement learning to teach um, uh, little race cars how to drive, right? Like model race cars how to drive, which cool. has some interesting for so autonomous cars and just kind mm. of autonomous systems in general, right? Okay. Um, very interesting talk. Um, I didn't get a chance to, because I had some work-related stuff to do, I didn't get a chance to kind of take the model I trained and then actually race it on a car because the line for that was just ridiculous. However, uh, you can actually buy the race cars and they're not prohibitively expensive. Whoa. So... You know, Christmas is coming. The kids' birthdays are coming. My birthday is not that far behind. Just yeah, saying. yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Putting there it out there it. into the universe. <laughs> um, um, we have our first comment from Kevin Krawcheck. Um, anything from Health Lake? So I saw some healthcare-related topics, but um, I spent the first like half of it mostly working on making sure that my demos and slides were done right so, <laughs> yeah so this was your um, first time speaking at reinvent this was as my, well at reinvent and the first time at yeah. a big conference since um um been a few years i mean obviously yeah. since before the plague but like since maybe 2015 i would yeah, say wow no 2017 i did a big conference um so it was kind of good to do that um, and here's an interesting, um, any quantum machine learning. So one of the things that I did attend, um, was a quantum key distribution talk. There were a number of quantum talks. And again, this is kind of the downside of being in an event that this large across this many hotels right. is, um, you know, I couldn't make, I missed the quantum ML one. <laughs> Uh, but I did manage to catch, uh, I did manage to walk through, a, you know, the expo floor. They had um, kind of AWS Village, right? So kind of at the center of it. So there were all this different stuff. But there was a pretty good, um, and I actually caught this on a live stream uh, when I was walking through there. That was the robot bartender, um, fortunately, before the Wi-Fi cut off on me. So I'm like walking around, like talking <laughs> and like, had no idea that I was, you know, I've been, I think I, it was like a 25 minute stream and I think it cuts off around minute 19. So it wasn't that bad, but it was definitely, it's definitely been a while since I did a, like kind of a, a, a roving kind of a reporter type thing on a live stream. Right. Um, but one of the things that really did impress me is how far along AWS is in quantum computing. Um, you know, I did not know, I mean, same on me, I didn't mean, kind of make sense, but AWS has a pretty sizable research department, which, um, you know, 
not like on the scale of like Microsoft research that I'm aware of, but like Microsoft research is pretty transparent about what they do and what, you know, and, and also I was in that world. So like, I kind of knew that, but what was yeah. interesting is that, you know, you meet all these people who are from Amazon research and um, there was a really good talk on quantum key distribution um, and, you know, how to basically build a secure quantum encryption encrypted network. That was very fascinating. And, you know, for me, it was a milestone because it was the first quantum talk that I got through to the end. And I understood everything that was going on. Nice, Frank. Which was just like, I can speak this now. Like, that was a good <laughs> feeling. Um, there was, uh, to, to Kevin's question, there was a couple of like quantum applications in, um, in machine learning uh, talks, but I, um one of them was monday night and i was still at the airport um uh, so i missed that but um mm. that's the other thing too if i had a bit of critique there's no clear definition of when the conference starts and when it ends interesting right so officially like the keynotes and stuff start tuesday but there's also sessions starting monday afternoon interesting which is tough anyway because it's always right after thanksgiving Right. right. So it's kind of like, you know, I was not very popular at home because I did leave like immediately after Thanksgiving. Oh, goodness. You know, so it's kind of, you know, it's, it, it, it's kind of a mixed thing. Like I didn't want to, well, one, I didn't want to travel on Thanksgiving weekend because everybody else is traveling on Thanksgiving. Weekend, so I wanted to avoid right. that. But, um, but that was an interesting aspect to it. Um, but the talk that really, really, got my juices flowing was the one i think i was show, telling you about um and we talked about it briefly on the uh, the hot take recap uh which was the it was basically building um you know what aws has learned from you know iot and capturing all these data from all their facilities now I had played around or had been exposed to what Microsoft has. And I think the site is called like 88 acres or something like that, where they basically take the main campus and kind of have wired that up with IOT sensors and things like that. Right. And kind of what they've learned from that and kind of, you know, how do you build an architecture and things like that. And, but, but Amazon just by nature of, you know, the warehouses, the office buildings, the server rooms, right? Yep. They have a pretty wide array of buildings to capture data from. Right. And this is the one I think I was talking to you uh, as I'm walking back because getting a cab from getting an Uber or Lyft or cab from one hotel to the other is not always straightforward. So I just, it was, and it was also nice to be in Vegas um, in December and not like July. I will say there was markedly a difference in weather. Um, but it was interesting because they, they kind of run through like, you know, all the data that they captured and what they've managed to kind of glean from their insights. And, and one of the things that was really struck me was, you know, on the surface, it's an IOT talk, right? Right. Right. About IOT and sustainability. However, as we dove into the slides and I took pictures of them and they're on my LinkedIn, you can check them out. Um, it really quickly becomes a data story, a data science story, an AI story, right? Predictive hmm. maintenance, um, um, you know, prescriptive maintenance story. But then really when you sit back and you kind of lay out all the facts, it's a data engineering story. Nice. Hands down. 
right? Because there's streaming data, there's real-time data. And then, yeah. and, and they, they have a lot of experience with doing this. So they know like, you know, some things do need real-time attention. Like one of the examples was, you know, if the HVAC unit starts breaking it, that probably needs like immediate attention. Right. Um, but if it's, um, you know, other problems can be kind of done in batch. And when they show the architecture slide, most of it was really about the data engineering aspect of it. Interesting. And another interesting data point, so to speak, was the amount of data uh, that gets collected. And, you know, I can pull up the slide, but I don't want to be distracted. I also don't want to tempt the CPU on this thing to start flaking out again. Um, <laughs> but um, it basically the boils down to that even a quote unquote modest commercial building, commercial real estate portfolio yeah, of about 90 buildings um, ha will generate a petabyte of data per year. Goodness. That's still a lot of data. Yeah. Heck you know, yeah. I'm sure like, you know, 10 years from now, when we look back at this live stream or recording, we'll laugh because, you know, the iPhone 27 will be out and it'll have, <laughs> you know, a petabyte option. <laughs> but, um, um, but it was interesting to kind of see how much data gets generated, right? And, yeah. and, and, um, and again, that's on, that's on average, you know, portfolio, right? So if you look at, you know, who knows how much data that AWS is generating, right? They didn't really exactly share that given all the buildings they have, you can probably infer that it's sure. well above a petabyte a year. Yeah. You also have to think about like, you know, what are, you know, real estate people like um, Grant Cardone, right? Yeah. You know, someone we've mentioned quite a bit, like how much data does he, his, do his buildings generate? Does he even track and record all this data? Yeah. True. We don't know. Um, another thing that uh, made me wonder as I'm walking down the, the up the Vegas Strip was um, how much data do the casinos generate? You know, um, because those yes. are certainly not average buildings. Yes. Um, those are, and and they, as I always like to say, you know, Vegas is the town that that statistics and data science built, right? Everything right. in that town, uh, from the table to the placement of the tables mm -hmm. to the games that are chosen, the rules, the way they shuffle the decks, everything is is built to optimize house advantage. Like, and, and you know. It's an open secret, right? They don't ever say that, but I mean, it's sure. pretty clear, you know, you don't build these massive, you know, uh, you know, buildings, um, you know, just to do that. Um, um, but um, the, um, it was fascinating to kind of see, like, you have to wonder how much data did they generate, you know, from yeah. security cameras to, you know, the loyalty, um, plans you know mm -hmm. it i think it's a question of do they do um facial recognition isn't isn't like do they do facial recognition it's just how prevalent is it um i've had people tell me kind of you know off the um off the off the record is that they actually tried facial recognition but it wasn't reliable for a number of reasons um which i find yeah. that hard to believe um yeah I find that personally hard to believe. 
maybe initially, maybe like five, 10 years ago, wasn't practical, but I yeah. would suspect that now it totally is. There's also some, uh, one of the things that the Kinect did, if you remember that, um, it did the, the gesture recognition and kind of your pose estimation. Um, that actually now is can be done entirely with an RGB camera, not hmm. near infrared. Interesting. Um, so you can imagine, you know, you know, could you identify somebody, you know, by the way they walk, right? That's kind of a, um, you know, so if you're looking for a particular, um, you know, card counter or cheater or whatever, yeah, um, could they be identified not just by their face but also by their, <clears throat> um, by their, uh, by the way they walk? So even you know, all of this to say, you know, that's just conjecture. I have no, I have no proof of that. It just kind of me scratching my chin and pondering the universe but it's also just think about the data that they have to collect yeah here right and that goes back to the insight i had at the um at the iot building talk was data engineering is the glue that holds us together right yeah and it's yeah. just it it's just it's just that i think you would have dug it like you know that talk alone and i'm sure everything was recorded so you know uh, and if you think back to, you know, the first big Vegas conference I went to was Mobile and Embedded Developer Conference 2006. And they would send you the DVDs or CDs, you know, months later nice. of all the session talks. Now they just upload them to YouTube, right? Right, so the, right. It, that would have been science fiction back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, but now it's just kind of assumed. Um and um my talk went well uh i'm looking Good. forward to see the recording of that um you know um but it was it was an interesting event i wish that um um sorry we have another we have a guy coming to help finish hanging the lights on the house he just yeah you mentioned before i have a yeah. i have an expense report to do <laughs> um but um it was you know it was it was interesting. It was good to yeah. be kind of out in, in a big conference like that because, you know, you get to meet people. I met some very interesting folks. I uh, got to cool. meet a lot of other Red Hatters um, that I've interacted with. It was like they 3D printed everyone. Um, nice. And uh, so, it, it, you know, these big conferences, they're fun. You get to meet people. You get to network. Um but I am definitely, to what Kevin said, I'm, I definitely want to take a deeper dive into more of what's, what AWS has in terms of quantum. Right, right. Yeah. You know, so do you have any questions or anyone, a Andy or anyone else watching live or, you know? Um, I, I know this is going to take longer to answer than you have, but I will share that it, for people who haven't seen the hot take, Right at the very end, Frank and I had a little back and forth about um, which is the, you know, which is the better cloud, which is the bigger cloud. I think we know AWS is the bigger cloud. Um, I've been a, uh, a pretty staunch advocate for Azure. And, you know, if, if the people that don't know me well um, would say, oh, you're just being a fanboy or something like that. The people that do know me well laugh whenever anybody calls me a fanboy about anything. Um, it's really, 
there's just numerous examples that I won't go into, but if you think that you're wrong, I'll just say that. Um, I'm an engineer and if it works, it's good. And I've done some work with AWS, but when people ask me is AWS, you know, the, um, the, the best platform out there. Um, I've, I've said, I didn't think so. And the reason I said that I thought Azure made a lot of correct moves because they were the second mouse, you know, the, the early bird gets the worm. AWS was there right. first for a lot of things. I mean, I could cite examples that are still kind of embarrassing to Microsoft, but um, Azure made some really cool moves based on missteps. Then if you're out there on the bleeding edge, you're going to get cut. That's the way it works. And AWS did and, and Azure, you know, solved for some problems early on. Not, I would say architecture if it wasn't the cloud, but I like to kind of zoom out a little bit and I'm, I don't know the right word for it. I'm hesitant to use the word culture because that has so many connotations uh, these days, but I will say philosophy. I will say there's this shell above architecture that's like philosophy. And that, Azure, that, did, Azure did some good things philosophically. And right. I think AWS is has done them and is doing them, but because they were out there first and early, they they had some missteps. And Azure was able to just kind of design over that part. They solved that problem before they hit it. If they'd have been first, who knows? They'd have probably made the same mistakes and then AWS would have come along and done the same thing. But hearing in conversations you and I have had offline, Frank, um, and knowing you as I do, are giving me pause to making that statement going forward that um, that Azure, you know, may be running away with it. I Personally, I know for a fact there's things each cloud does better than all the rest, IBM, Google, um, the whole whole nine yards. But you were super impressed. And you, you were in when Azure was being built. You were behind the scenes a bit. And then to hear you make a statement like, no, you think AWS has really, really got it going on, gave me um, significant pause, mostly because of the source uh, of that well, statement. So. Um, I think philosophy is a good, a good word to use because, and Kim and I would have this kind of debate back and forth. So if sure. you don't know who we're talking about, talking about Kim Schmidt, who unfortunately passed away, um, this September, but, uh, she was a big, a, I guess one would call her an AWS fangirl. Although like you, I don't yeah. think that tells the whole story yeah, is yeah. that she's, she was also kind of an engineer at heart and, she was, um, yeah. um, but there is a different philosophy there, right? So, so, mm -hmm. and and it was kind of a thing that you know, we we kind of her and I kind of came to this thing where it's like Lego pieces versus yeah. bento boxes. Okay. Um. So AWS, and again, this gets back to what I said earlier about the naming convention. Mm -hmm. right? like the names, if they come up for things, they I'm sure they have good reason for them. But it was also very much like you need to know what Lego piece you're looking for. Right. And the discoverability of, of, of services in AWS, I think, makes the assumption that you already, it's a lot harder, basically. Whereas the discoverability in terms of Azure, I think, is a lot better. So I think Azure tends to be more like the bento box. Gotcha. Where everything is kind of more organized. Um, and again, these are this is a sweeping generality, right? Sure. I know there's there's going to be edge cases all over the map here. 
Right, right. But the short of it is, I think that for the most part, Azure is a bit more like the bento box, right? Right. Um, where stuff can. Um, uh, my wife is uh, ex- is calling me, so um, <laughs> you need to take that. Uh, I do need. Well, I I just told her she's upstairs, so oh, okay, um, must be something going on. But uh, okay. I, I also didn't warn her that I was doing a live stream. But I will I will make this quick. I will be brief, which I know is very rare. Um, but I think that I think what you said is absolutely on point. It's a different philosophy, right? right and and right. part of that is um, part of that is you know that one came first, and the other one came second, right? Um, and and I'm sure if I kind of grew up on the other side of the fence, right? You know, you and I both grew up in the Microsoft ecosystem. We did, yeah. Um, we it makes it, it should come to no surprise to anyone that the Microsoft philosophy and architecture makes more sense to us. If, we, if, we learned if, it if first, a, right? Or that's kind of you know lines with you know the way we think and right. you know vice versa. It's in, our in first a language. Universe, right? Is the, in a parallel universe? Is there like an AWS Andy and AWS Frank? Maybe <laughs> who think the other way? Could be. I don't yeah. know. Like this is one of those things where it it, it becomes, you know, you you know, philosophical, so to speak. Right. Uh, in you know, different direction. You know, is one better or the other? I would say no. Yeah. I used to be like rah 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 Azure, you know, but like now yeah. I kind of have had a chance to kind of well, one Microsoft doesn't pay the mortgage anymore. Um, so I can be, I can afford to be neutral. Um, uh, but I think that they, they serve different needs and they serve different audiences. I think that's a very fair and astute observation that, that they do. And, you know, if, if you get used to one paradigm or one philosophy and it's kind of what, you know, that's, that's another way of, of restating what you said about the parallel universe, Andy and Frank, once you, whatever it is you start with, when you learn the second one, it actually helps you with your first understand your Absolutely. first piece first and, and your first paradigm or philosophy and language. And so, yeah, I think there's value there in both of them. You, you go take, you go take care of your home stuff, Frank. And I'm going to, I got to run. Yeah, I got to there. Uh, uh, well, definitely. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you know, thanks for tuning in live. This is going to be also be recorded as a podcast episode. Let us know what you think. Let Andy and I together, separately, whatever, know what you think. Like, should we start diving into AWS-centric, not centric, but data topics that kind of live outside yeah. of the Azure ecosystem? We've done that, but not specifically mm-hmm. kind of taking a, a a sharp turn into AWS, which I think, for me personally, like, I think you, you, you nailed it right there, right? As someone who wrote a book on Silverlight, as someone who's written a number of Windows Phone apps, right? The um, the danger of being monolingual, so to speak, oh, yeah. is very real. Yeah. And I is. feel that a little more, what's the fancy word, visceral? Like, I feel that a little more okay. to the gut than yeah. most people because of Silverlight, Windows Phone, Windows 8, XAML, right? right. Uh, and one of the appeals for me getting into data science is that math is the same whether that it's running in a data center owned by somebody in Seattle or somebody in Redmond or somebody in Mountain View or anywhere. And for me, that math is truly that kind of that ultimate platform agnostic tool. But math alone doesn't do it because obviously there's architecture. Decisions have to be made, right? True. Uh, In the open source world, they call that opinionated distribution or opinionated implementation of something. 
Got it. Which I thought was pretty funny. You're like that yeah, is good. That's a good way to put it. That that's is a good way to put it. Um, and again, it, you know, I, I, I like being a red hat because now I have that perspective of a third kind of neutral party, right? It's not right. AWS, it's not Microsoft, but we are obviously being partners with both. So you kind of get, it's an interesting kind of, it's like I've been taken out of flatland, so to speak, like you think back <laughs> and like, I can now look back and kind of see both worlds. And this was kind of this, uh, and Kevin says, you know, this sounds like this was a productive trip. Yeah, it, it totally was. It was a very, it was a great trip on multiple levels. And but just the ability to kind of sit back now. All right. Well, I've I've, I've been in the Microsoft conference ecosystem and all that Microsoft ecosystem. Now let's see how the other half, you know, does it. And it was very fascinating to kind of see the different philosophies or the, you know, we're all dealing with kind of the base core things. You know, the laws of physics also don't change based on your data center. Right. Right. The laws of computer science, the fundamental underlying fundamentals also don't change. So just kind of seeing like, you know, how these kind of evolve in parallel and sometimes inspired by each other, sometimes not inspired. It was a very yeah. enlightening, I think, intellectual trip, which is something you never or not never rarely say about a trip to Vegas. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I'll end the stream. Awesome.